Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Let's Play the 13th Age, a Six Feet Under campaign. How y'all doing today? Good. Good, good. Good to hear. Hi. Uh, this Sorry, right I was here, eating a fig bar, so I didn't answer Then you. you're doing very well. <laughs> uh, they're very good fig bars. They're... Hold on, let me find the packaging. Here, I'll get back to you. Keep doing the intro. I'm going to read the packaging to you later. You guys remember Fig Bar, that beloved NPC? Speaking yes. of beloved NPCs, uh, last session, we met quite a few of them uh, back home at Equinox Manor as a final preparations for the moon launch to collect the last of the 13 keys were underway. Uh, it ended with a very hurried launch as all hell literally broke loose and the war below has become the war above, consuming the entire empire. Uh, so now... We find uh, ourselves in the middle of Session 81. Uh, Battle Van holds all of our heroes. Uh, the dormant and lesser form of slots. And Claude Luminor, along with the rest of the, the objects of power that have been collected all this time. Hooray. Uh, so as you, you see the stars now clearer than you ever have before, uh, up above the clouds... Uh, the chaos that you know uh, erupted in, in all of your homes now hidden from view as you're too far above and again those clouds uh, to really be able to witness it any longer we should probably be more somber but dang it's pretty up here it's gorgeous uh, you can see the sun the moon uh, everything is glistening with a, a peace and tranquility that nothing, even on the, the finest day, uh, even on the least chaotic eruption of, of Devil's Day, uh, could possibly be matched back on the surface. Let's just stay up here forever. This is great. That star's um, green. Let's go there. We'll run out of food at some point. That's not a very good idea. I won't run out of food. Uh, Nav is laying in a course for... I have the... eight other lunch boxes here with me. Laying in a course for the second start of the right and straight on till morning. So, uh, yeah, this is that. completely opposite the way of the moon, so you might want to <laughs> stop me, but really it's all up to you. Hold on. I, give, me, give me that. Give me the wheel. Fine, fine. I just wanted I to see if anybody would react. <laughs> I know where it is because I've been there. Where is it then, smart it. guy? It's right there. there. Hey, smart guy, I just figured out your nickname. <laughs> it's a bit late. What? It's a bit it's, late. It's never too late. It's only been like a year. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, at this point, uh, Martha's mechanical voice kicks in and uh, rather snidely reminds everyone that uh, the apex is nearly set. You should all get to stage two oh. and strap in. Everybody, everybody grab your moving buddy. That is to say, your favorite player character whose player isn't here right now. Just pick him up, carry him right into the stage two. <laughs> everybody the grab is everyone's moving buddy. Grab everyone who's AFK. Yep. Hi, yep. tough guy. Okay, come on, Scarlet. All right, that's, that's everybody. Margaret. So what was your uh, cargo hold uh, slash guest quarters has been redesigned into, again, stage two of uh, the uh, refit, the retrofit of Battle Van. 
one whole wall is made entirely of pegboard, and all 12 keys are in a special spot uh, suspended there and outlined in a thin line of paint. That does include Claude, who uh, his... Did we just uh, hang him up on the pegboard? Well, you, you just sort of painted a Claude outline in a very dramatic pose, and he's happy to hit his mark. Uh, <laughs> The problem is that's one of the higher things on the pegboard, and there aren't <laughs> any ledges or anything. So yes, we are going to hang him by the hooks, and well, he's going to have to hold that pose so for the next eight hours. Uh, so again, you're you're seeing uh, Claude on one side, and uh, on down, you know the the Cube. soul of the soul of stone isn't there, but there's like a, a framed picture of the dwarf king that is outlined. Good, I like that. Some some behemoth skin chunks, uh, the tusk of the orc lord, uh, your hellhole core, the cog of Regulus, etc. And then where the soul of, where excuse me, where the heart of the moon should be, there's just a big like question mark in the same paint, because I don't think anybody knows what it looks like or how big it's supposed to be. I hope it's I hope question it's mark shaped because this is a pretty tight fit on this pegboard already. <laughs> I hope Claude's it's... got the cornerstone in his nose. I kind of hope it's not too big to it's carry kinda, back. It's kind of cramped in here. My uh, bet is if it's too big to carry, it'll also be too small, so it'll work out. In fact, I imagine like all of this is like blue on white, and there's a bunch of paint lines that look vaguely cool and like a circuit board, but don't even do anything. Oh, yeah. Basically, Flint Lockwood designed this. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I think as we leave the upper story and go down into the lower story as stage two cargo hold, like we leave in our regular outfits and arrive in our moon protected. Definitely. Yeah, you know, you know, the space yeah, suits. Every, everyone, everyone have your, your safety suits and safety helmets on for safety. They're all customized. You love them. Extremely uh, custom made. Everyone has their, their custom chairs, but the other two main features of the, the stage two section are in the center of the floor, all those blue lines converge into uh, the screaming face rock, which is mounted uh, very solidly attached into the floor. It is still kind of screaming, but you're all used to it by now. Is it getting and... quieter as we get closer, though? <laughs> a little bit. Um, a little bit. Or is it getting maybe louder? Not quieter, the, just lower The corners pitch. of its non-existent mouth are turning up. Like, a, <laughs> like a, something like a lack of a smile on its uh, non-existent face. Essentially, yes. Uh, there's also a pedestal with a big bowl, and inside the bowl is Equinox's signature snack food. What is that, by oh, the way? Oh, thank goodness. A big old bowl of sloppy... Equinox Chris. Chris? Chris? <laughs> sloppy Chris. The It's a the CHR... cook at Equinox Manor. <laughs> No, it's spelled C-H-R-I-S-S. And what sort of dish is Sloppy Chris? It's like somebody looked at nachos and they thought, mmm, too stable. <laughs> like a, like a, a let's, let's put those on a slice of bread. It's actually a culinary masterpiece because it's so sloppy in the bowl, but it never get, makes a mess anywhere else. It's amazing. Because it, it all is sort of congealed into a, like one mass. So. No, a, a good Sloppy Chris never congeals. It stays sloppy forever. Stays start. It's sloppy, sloppy at room temperature. Sloppy at room temperature. This seems like the food that Rip would eat forever. Oh yeah, Rip had a big part in determining this. Yes. But yeah, they do this thing on Equinox where they'll take like bags of chips 
which they have in the Dragon Empire, and then they just kind of... Well, clearly. I mean, they, they've got fish asses, they've got churros, they're street meat. Yogurt? And then they just kind of, you know, yep. put, make the sloppy crisp in the bag and give you the bag, and it's like a fun oh, thing. Or it's like, oh, it's like a, yeah, a crisp boat, a sloppy crisp boat. <laughs> Actually, it's a sloppy crisp cage. Because you have to keep sloppy crisp contained. Wait, clearly, it has clearly. to stay in place. There's this whole thing with the mascot Chris where he's a criminal, and you have to keep Chris from... <laughs> Uh, getting criminal? slop anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole driving force behind. Because, like, Rip, when he was developing the food, he wanted it to be really sloppy, and Nav was like, oh my god, please no. So they <laughs> kind of ended up compromising. Uh, Tran paid a, played a big part in developing the first sloppy Chris is, oven. Is the advertisement uh, uh, a very a very messy-looking burglar with arms yes. full of stuff, like, falling out? Slamby was the model. <laughs> We just gave him a striped shirt. Actually, he didn't give him a striped shirt. He just we just gave him like white and black grease paint and told him, "Hey, make your clothes striped." <laughs> All right, so there we go. That is the sig- the signature snack of Equinox. No, the motto. The mo- you missed the most important part of the motto was, "I'm sloppy, so you don't have to be sloppy, Chris." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's a T-shirt somewhere in, all- in there somewhere. <laughs> I unfortunately the primary demographic of the snack is already obscenely sloppy. It's at the bottom of the sloppy crisp bowl. If you can find it. Also, oh, how goodness. are we gonna eat these when we're in spacesuits? Um Um with your mouth? Oh it's okay. We've installed a, a sloppy crisp into your spacesuit before we left. Yes, enjoy. <laughs> Oh no, this is terrible already. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, do, does anybody have any other features of your surroundings or, or these suits I've already heard so much about you want to set down? Well, you mentioned we also had uh, unique seats. So I'm thinking well, that the menis is like an egg that he just kind mm-hmm. of crawls into. And they just... Because <laughs> there's nothing else that you could brace something that size and instability with. You're, Clearly, I was imagining your chair just looked an awful lot like the pegboard too, except just a ton of handles sticking out everywhere. Just like, okay, rest on these, <laughs> like that, but inside an egg. Just like, okay, like, <laughs> imagine if you will. Ah, oh, the eggboard. An eggboard, which was yeah. a rejected concept for the Equinox snack before we arrived on Sloppy Chris, which uh, everybody loved in the tests. So, uh, Scarlet, what is? What does Scarlet's suit look like? Well, obviously, mine has to have some adjustments due to uh, having a long face. What do you mean adjustments? They were all custom made, custom tailored. I mean, from the average. There is no average. Each one started from scratch. So one uh, uh, addition that had to be made to mine is so like if I tried to cast a spell, it would probably just blow the arms off my suit, and then I would probably die. So we've rigged up a way, you can call it a gun arm, where I can basically just like channel a spell through it and shoot fire without having to burn up in the coldness of space. I like to imagine it looks like you have two big bike horns on the end of your wrists. <laughs> no, no, only, right. only one, and if you uh, find the Heart of the Moon fast, enough, uh, Scarlet will take off her helmet and you'll find out she was a girl all along. 
No, I think two oh. bike horns. Okay, two bike horns. <laughs> bike horns. Just blunderbuss wrist guns. Oh <laughs> yeah. When you say it like that, it's even better. Yes, but with a large rubber bulb on one end, which is where the magic collects, and then you squeeze it to shoot it. So, so Mint, uh, does this hazard suit look uh, very much like or very much unlike the suit uh, you first just, appeared in in the campaign? You just put a uh, fishbowl on your. Same as the last one. Um, you know, it it worked out pretty well. Um, a few extra pockets for keeping supplies in. Um, really, sort of, you know, didn't didn't plan for that quite so much in the first batch. You know, mostly just. When you say few uh, extra pockets, do you mean that what Mint looks like right now is if Rob Liefeld redesigned the character Mint? <laughs> no. Although I mean, Mint like, has originally the abs. suit had actually no pockets, and now it has two. Cool. <laughs> You're right, pouch. nowhere just, near Rob Life. Sorry, I, I can't stop picturing men covered in pouches and abs now. That's disgusting and you need Mine. to stop this. By the way, since Rip's not here, I'm going to answer for him. His looks like a giant ha- hamster ball. But with like, <laughs> but with like some rubber sorry. gloves on the sides and some rubber boots on the Does bottom. Have, and sometimes it... he puts his hands and feet in those and sometimes he just walks and rolls along. Uh-huh. Does so a like lightning sword is taped into one of the rubber gloves? Does he have some sort of like oh. hole that he can stick the his sound fist through so he can like shoot? And one of the rubber gloves is made of uh, non-soundproof rubber. Mm-hmm. As opposed Which is to rubber. soundproof rubber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Nav, what are what are you gracing this uh, winter fashion hot. runway with? I yeah? look hot. Um. Navs is like a skin-tight bodysuit, super futuristic looking. Well, super futuristic for the era, so like probably some kind of weird bell-bottom effect and high heels somehow. (laughs) (laughs) That's very futuristic. Also a turtleneck that's like rolled almost all the way up to his nose, and then the actual protective helmet part is just kind of a... you, You would say tin can, but made of plexiglass around that. So I'm just kind of peeking up over my turtleneck over here. Mm. Hi, everybody. Hey. Just like pretty air snazzy. Is not a, air seems like it's not a problem for Nav, but maybe like, the harshness of the environment could still present an issue. Also, I look hot. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. That was the number you'll, one you'll look, you'll look uh, goal of all the designs was to Correct. make them as hot as possible. Correct. Agatha doesn't have a suit. But I did take one of those pencils that you get in, um, oh no, what are they called? The robot making kits, the... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Gunpla. One of those Gunpla pencils that you'd use to put the fine details on, like the lines between panels. And I I just went ahead and made Agatha look like a robot, just by drawing (laughs) robot panels with a pencil. It it is a long way to the moon, you had to do something to pass the time. Oh, I was ready so, eight weeks before we got to the moon. <laughs> also, uh, to further this theme, uh, if you're defeated, your suit has been programmed to explode, revealing your bikini underneath. So let's hope That's that never awesome. happens. Uh, Bella. I was operating that story. Yeah. Bella, what is your spacesuit like? Oh, did, did she get up for a minute? Margaret. Oh. No, Margaret's not going to work out either. 
Well, yeah, we'll get back to that. I imagine Margaret later. must have some sort of like futuristic arrow holding device to keep her arrows from floating out into space. It has a really long name, but if you abbreviate it down to an acronym, it's Quiver. It's oh God, now I have to work on that. Great, thank yep. you. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's why you get the big bucks. You've got me good at it. I have to t give you a challenge. I made Martha and Lazarus work. I can make this go too. Oh, and Cream. That, that's an old one. Want to buy a little time? Cream is a classic. And later that evening, just when we'd all forgotten about it, Ironicus came through with quick unloading invention velocity impacts at every range. Oh yeah, what is the many wearing? How, how does one clothe the many? That was a conundrum we didn't entirely solve. Uh, the many suit is mostly sleeves. Many, many sleeves, some of which sometimes have arms in them and some of them don't. Uh, the many likes, like, shifting their shape every so often, and this is really restrictive and they are unhappy with it. The core of my design is a t tiny portal device that, uh, just steals sleeves and gloves from all over the Empire, but <laughs> it can't nearly keep up. Yeah. So it's a big mismatched mess. Yeah. Uh, some of the gloves are definitely not like suited to this environment, so those arms just kind of like wither away. But that's fine because there's always ten more. So it's kind of like a, I would say eight and ten of these arms uh, get a suitable sleeve and glove. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, I can see why that would be uh, misconstrued as uncomfortable. The many is unhappy okay. with it, but is putting up with it, and <laughs> might break it later by mistake. Oh, I see. Or on purpose, we'll see. Oh, I see. Yeah. So There's a reason uh, we wear, like, formless robes. <laughs> I could just put you in a hamster ball, too, you know? You know, that would've- that would is a much better idea, but we didn't think of it at the time. Oh, yeah, Fine, yeah, you can yeah, just get can... in there with Rip. Yeah, I, I, I think Rip, Rip and the many switch suits. Uh, Great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's much not better. Even be that's not any better, actually. No, it's much better. I mean, better. it's better for Rip, me. Rip will get by. <laughs> Tough guy is fine. So, uh, Margaret, what does your uh, moon suit look like? Your customized moon suit. This is a pretty heavy question to throw me when I only just got here. Uh, let me think. You mean you um, haven't been preparing for this in your entire life? <laughs> Uh, what would Margaret's moon suit be like? Probably something really boring. Um, what are, what are, are there other options, or is it just Here's anything? Here's what I was thinking. It's just your normal clothes with a fishbowl, because you thought that an actual helmet that... would be too ostentatious. <laughs> I don't know, she might wear some armor or something, I suppose. You gotta keep, a, gotta keep something to keep all that, like, space stuff from coming in. Maybe you it know? looks like a real-life NASA spacesuit. Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> like, big and bulky box thing. That's right, that's probably not it's a good too... Suit. It's too very safe! Wrong. Your medals couldn't be pinned on, but I painted them on. I... Hmm. You're welcome. You wouldn't want to lose your medals in space. I mean... You wouldn't... Well, yeah. Alright. So, that is sort Do of the situation... Do we have some, a suit for Claude? Is, Claude's on the pegboard. Claude's He's fine. staying on the ship. Yeah. I mean, Claude's I, on the pegboard. We'll be fine. We have air, though. We have to. We should. We should think about air. What's air? About it. What's air? Yeah. He has a skin tight, like I mean, latex. It's, 
it's That's a the only thing that would fit on the peg board. on the surface of the moon. But as you get down in there, it actually gets uh gets pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. Really, it's the temperatures you got to worry about. So, uh, as you've all settled into your uh, unique seats uh, and strapped into your unique custom uh, moon outfits, oh, wait, uh, I Marth think we forgot to describe everyone's seats. If anyone would like to describe their seat, it's a chair. So. You have a chair. a chair. We all have chairs. That seems to be what we're going to. But we all have chairs. The many has an egg. It's been uh, half an hour. Anyone has. has a There's chairs and an moon. egg. We're crashing into the moon. All right. This this is when uh, Martha begins counting down from ten, but her heart really isn't into it. Uh, but in any ten, case, nine. Eight, seven, six, five, we? four, three, two, one. And you feel a shudder. sound effect. Nice work. You feel a shudder as stage two separates. Uh, Battle van proper, the, your main bridge, remains at the halfway point between uh, the ground and the moon, whereas your screaming face rock is continually pulling you... Uh, faster and faster toward home toward the moon and uh here's a question i don't think has been asked in the campaign but what pitch is the scream <laughs> okay thank you yeah something like that that's more of a howl than a scream it's really more of a sasquatch call <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't know it was a sasquatch rock i'm sorry i wasn't clear well you think where did you think sasquatch comes from huh sasquatch come from moon Asked and answered. Mystery solved. <laughs> so that that howl just becomes uh, uh, louder and all-encompassing with uh, both anticipation of getting home and uh, the, the strain being placed on it, carrying uh, all of your weight uh, far away from home. Well, yours at least. And eventually uh, you impact. Uh, what's that like? <laughs> right. rough. Are we crashing or are we like trying to land this thing properly? I mean, what, yes. What's a what crash but of... an exciting landing? Yeah. What what sort of landing gear do you think uh, got designed onto this thing? I'm imagining really big springs. I was gonna say none. <laughs> none. I was gonna say springs, I but mean... attached to like rotating legs. I mean, the cargo hold has survived every impact thus far. I'm not sure we really have the context to gauge what like a moon crash is. Yes, this is the first one who ever did this. Who ever done this? Rather, oh, second. Well, oh yeah, it's right. Been there. Would well, it, uh... actually, you might think that's third. As soon as the dust settles outside the window, there's a humanoid skeleton that's formed a small crater. Uh, there's no craft around it, but it is clutching a flag that just barely one in a million shot has been planted on the surface of the moon. But what's the flag of? Son of a bitch. Uh, it's completely tattered. You really just see a flagpole and some scraps of fabric. Did this mm. dude just get fired out of a cannon? Uh, that that would be a reasonable thought for this unreasonable uh, occurrence. Could Scarlet, you know uh, mending, right? Can you put that thing back together? Yes, I could probably do that. Because uh, that gonna... would be curious. Yeah. Are we gonna Are we gonna disembark? The Manny's already outside. Yeah, everybody's outside but you. When you turn around to ask that question, you're addressing an empty cargo hold. 
as long as you're <laughs> even yeah. the rock is gone. Like, yeah, even oh, that's Claude's true. Gone, and we told him not to. The uh, the, the rock is pulled so hard; it's pulled free from uh. Uh, uh, stage two. If you were to pick it up and look beneath it, there would be a hole as it tunnels deeper, deeper into the moon. Why the rock is Claude? so happy right now? Exactly, because he's technically one of the items. But, but, but we don't need that for the moon. We need that for the thing we're doing after the moon. Look, well, we, we decided it was safer us. to have him with us instead of on a planet full of demons and devils and snake people and sneeple. I guess that's If we left Claude fair. back at home, he'd probably just wander off and die, and then mm. the whole world's yeah. dead. Our basic plan after this is to just up. crash right into the Great Gold Worm and do the ritual. <laughs> that probably won't help us revive him. If we <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. Okay. He's not getting more dead. <laughs> I mean, technically you do. Rotting uh, is, is a thing that happens. So, are you I'm casting Mending on this flag scrap? Yes, I'm going to do it. Cast Mending okay. on that flag scrap. I, I, right. aim, I arm my, my, my arm cannon and I shoot a Mending spell onto this flag. And with a, with a honk, yeah. <laughs> there is a, uh, a stream of motes of light that begins stitching things together, taking dust from the air and putting it back into the shape of the flag it once was. There's a, a faded blue banner that in bright yellow uh, block letters says, I got here first, fuckos. I love this guy. Let's take him with us. Hi. Oh, boy. I mean, you can do that, boss. You're a necromancer. Hey, good point. I'd like, to, I'd like to examine the skeleton to see if he has any, like, what's left of his clothes or anything that are on it. Uh, no, nothing. It's just bones. Just bones, no signs of anything else. Nope. Should I burn a potentially current and super valuable daily spell to bring this guy back? If you choose. Uh, I, I, cer know. I certainly do choose. I'm going to ritual cast uh, the spell that I have renamed to locally grown and sourced, but was originally called the bones beneath. I was going to ask if we could tell how old the skeleton was, but I guess now there's no need. We can just ask him. Let's see, what components do I need for a revivification ritual on the moon? Ah, uh, how about a skeleton? Here's one. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, with enough time, while uh, everyone else is setting up a perimeter and, and scouting everyone else the immediate... Does stuff while I'm doing this. You know, everyone yeah, else scouting is, out the immediate area. Bouncing around on the moon. I'm, looking I'm to make sure all the stuff is intact, that sort of thing. Wow. That's an important question. Is it low gravity here? I uh, must have missed all any details about Does that. Like What's gravity? Uh, in any is case. It, is it bouncy here? Do we jump the better way to put it? Do we jump? Uh, Does, is well, the ground matter bit, at us? It's a bit bouncy. It's a little bouncy. How wrong does the ground feel? I bet it's rubbery. Yeah, it's, it's a very rubbery ground. Uh, which is one more sign that, that makes you confident that... Uh, your, your landing craft did survive the rough landing. Margaret takes notes about how the internal moon spirit is, uh, is more frustrated here and therefore pushing people away for her science journal. <laughs> uh, for her memory while, board. While all this very important and useful work is happening from the other six of you, uh, Nav has, has resurrected a uh, halfling named Luxak. Yeah, Luxak, what's up? Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I survived, uh, he says, dusting himself off and looking at uh, the flag. Luxak, you didn't survive. You died and I revived you because I'm a necromancer. Turns around and says, what is this? 
Look at this flag. I got here first. Everyone Wait, did, will know. Is he still a skeleton? Oh, yeah. I mean, you definitely like, got here first. Everyone will know that Luxac of the first stage was the fir- of the eighth age was the first to land on the moon and uh, colonize it for the great town of Twisp. Yeah, dude, you got this. Is he still a skeleton oh, or is yeah, he like? Yeah, I guess you, I guess you beat me to it. Once a skeleton, always a skeleton. Are Are you here to yeah, jump my historical. claim? We're here to celebrate your claim. Wonderful. He begins clapping to himself and notices that his hands are bones and freaks out. I told you, dude. You should have listened. You gotta listen to your support staff. Sorry, this is a lot. This is a lot to take in right now. And yes, it was a cannon. Also, it's been five ages since then. Oh wow! I am really ahead of my time. (laughs) Oh, so so by now there must be whole cities on the moon. Twisp must be the most powerful. Must be the true capital of the empire by now with all our moon wealth. No. No. Twisp was part of the empire from the beginning, and that means this was an imperial colonization, which means the empire got here first. Twisp was a halfling town, and in the Eighth Age, it was not part of the empire. I have it right here in history book. Margaret gets out her own imperial flag, which she's Yeah, the Eighth Age actually had a halfling icon. They were pretty big. Hey, that don't be like that, says Luxac. I I know when a joke is percolating when I hear one. Anyway, um, the colony didn't go too well. Uh, turns out the moon is um, kind of messed up. Also, uh, I had managed to kind of avoid thinking about it for like a year now, but I'm finally back in the place where all those friends of mine died brutal deaths, and that's kind of hitting me hard right now. I'm going to need a minute. Oh, Mint, are you okay? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into space for a while. Give, give me a minute. Okay. Sure thing, buddy. We will. I'm going to stand near by Mint, not say anything, but just in case he needs somebody to talk to. Mint, would you like uh, this moment of yours to be a scene, or is that what I'm getting from you? No, no, it doesn't need to be be a scene. It's just you know, Mint is did basically deal with this by just not thinking about it, and now he suddenly is. It's like, oh, uh, damn. Okay, then that brings us to the next thing on the list. I figure y'all folks are going to head out and try to find some stuff, correct? Yes. Yeah. All what right. What does uh, immediate surface of the moon looker look like? Like the That's what I was going to ask you. Exploration montage. Oh boy. Oh boy. So I want to start. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great. So the, the many. What uh, challenge are you faced with? What What is the immediate terrain like? Well, and how is it hard to overcome? Is like rubbery. The surface of the moon is basically bouncy, and um, so unlike our moon, like in the in the real world, we don't have any craters here because the meteors all just bounce away. But that means the meteors are still here because they are in the moon's gravitational pull. So every so often, there's just these giant rocks that are bouncing up and down on the surface of the moon. And they can get really annoying because they don't, they don't sit in one place. They maintain momentum. Hmm. So Wait, they're basically giant stone tumbleweeds. Nope. Wouldn't have been like bounced back to Earth. Uh, they don't. Some of them probably, but not That's all of Earth. them. I mean, whatever our our <laughs> world is called the the Imperial Globe. The world itself oh, is called Jeff. That sounds right. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, uh, so, 
So, Margaret, there are ever-moving uh, uh, space rocks, tumbleweed, tumbleweeds of asteroid material. How do you help uh, your friends and compatriots avoid this danger? Uh, let me think. Well, uh, uh, the, the, the they're like making like, like big. They, these things are like bouncing, but not leaving craters. You said, right? Like just uh, yeah, they're just kind of rolling along. My guess is that the like. Surface. There might be, like, large craters from very large things, but there's not, like, tiny pockmarks all over the place like we would expect. It's more smooth. Yeah. Anything too big would probably just impact, like, and stay there. Mm -hmm. Rather than making a crater at all, it would make, like, a small mountain now. Or a hill. So it's just a bunch of little balls of rock and iron that roll along the surface of the moon. Well, they said, considering there's no, there's not much inertia, these things have probably been following roughly the same, roughly the same patterns for probably millennia. So we should pretty quickly be able to work that out and decipher which patterns uh, we shouldn't take. That's what we should do if we were not taking any risks. If we are taking risks, we should try to ride them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that idea. I don't think riding. Now we're talking. That All is, right. So uh, uh, Margaret uses that. That's exactly right. Margaret uses her. Uh, Ability, her, her scouting abilities to, to just count out the rhythms and see which ones uh, are not only uh, are better used to propel you further in your search for, for landmarks of course, that, Mint, that Mint recognizes. Margaret would, mm. Margaret would never propose something as absurd as writing one of these things. It's just that's purely a, you know, a, a observation. Margaret suggests it while laughing at the idea that anybody would be so ridiculous as to do so. <laughs> And then, oh, then, and then Rip is riding one. And then the camera immediately pans over to Rip. <laughs> yeah. Already as, on top of one. <laughs> as, of course, it's Margaret who gets corralled into making such a ridiculous thing possible. <laughs> Poor Margaret. Just too skilled uh, for your own good. Uh, so, Margaret, what uh, is the next sort of challenge that the, the lunar surface and environment... Uh, 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 throws up at you folks. Hmm. Well, once we've read, we've, assuming after we've read the uh, the giant uh, giant bouncing balls for a while, we probably like pass over like a cliff edge or something into a new area. Um. At that point, I'm gonna say we. I'm gonna say the ground the ground below it changes uh, to a new to an area that has been untouched by these uh, bouncing globes, and we come to sort of a moon swamp filled with like possibly some form of moon life, but possibly not. It's just a large and like a large and empty and seemingly empty body of water that is seems, seems impassable, and probably everyone is afraid to go in because you know everyone's heard so much about things on the moon by this point. Yeah, that's super gross. Nav, Nav, <laughs> you are uh, faced. You and everybody with you is faced with uh, a moon swamp. Uh, it's malodorous, and it you have a sense out of the corner of your three eyes that uh, it may be infested with skittering moon beasts. How do you uh, help the group overcome this challenge? Okay. Oh, first off, I think that the moon swamp is from a distance. It's like, oh, look, something new other than this weird rubber and occasional stones. But when we get there, it's like the tree trunks are made out of stone. The leaves are rubber and the goop beneath them is just slightly softer rubber. And it's just like a weird approximation of a swamp using the materials available to the moon. As for the moon beasts, 
Well, if we've had bouncing rocks going around in weirdly regular directions, in weirdly regular ways, then it makes sense that there would be something that's producing those rocks. And I think the 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 worst thing that we see in this swamp, I would say, is just like a huge like distortion on the surface. Like it looks like it's moving on top of the surface, but it's connected still. It's part of the rubber. It's just distending it as it moves. And there's just this big swirling vortex on the front of it that just occasionally vomits up a huge boulder with a horrible churning noise, like a blender that is indeed coughing up rocks. So that's pretty awful. That is pretty awful. So the meteors that fell were actually actually faux meteors? Maybe that was originally one real meteor and then the swamp started imitating them. Yeah. The moon is weird, is what I'm getting at here, I think. So your solution to overcoming this is your keen insight. I, no, we're going to hide behind these rocks, I think. Oh, you're going to hide behind the rocks. Because that's oh, terrifying. Okay. Look at that thing. It's Hiding. like it's twice the size of the battle van, even the full battle van. And my keen observation tells me that we wouldn't really be able to hurt it because we would just be stabbing the ground. So let's just try to keep it from pointing its gaping boulder maw at us. Okay. Cool. So once you... Uh hide from the swamp and the creatures and, and find that really it's uh, more bark than bite going on there. Well, as long as they don't see you. If they see you, it's probably a hell of a lot more rock than bark because the trees are made of rock. <laughs> uh, what challenge uh, are you and your friends faced with next? Oh, well. Nav- Navarone? Navieronia? I would say that eventually we come to what looks like a natural cave entrance, but it's really weirdly regular. Like the entrance itself is perfectly uh, circular and the rocks around it are placed at perfectly even, uh, perfectly even, even placement. So it's almost like a fractal pattern where there's a large rock and then in front of that rock in a 90 degree angle in two directions out is two rocks half its size and then so on and so forth, outward from the entrance. So it's it looks like rubble, but it looks like it was made to look like rubble. So we go into this cave because we're looking for the center of this so-called moon. That is generally where hearts are found, somewhere in the middle. And I would say that the challenge we face next is that the darkness in here seems to be consuming sources of light uh, much more voraciously than common darkness. We just aren't uh-huh. getting nearly as much distance out of these torches and other mage lights and things like that. Yeah, Mint is casting up his, his party globes and it's just not cutting it. Uh, party globes. So, so Bella, how are you instrumental in overcoming the, the active darkness? Well, it's funny you say instrumental. Because... Did you know that Bella is a bard and plays music via instruments? I get it. Pretty incredible, huh? Did you know? That's one of the fun facts we're going to release on the eventual uh, special features. The pop-up video special? If you look closely, we are rolling dice. If you look closely, you'll notice that Bella often uses music as a form of attack. (laughs) What about, theoretically, what if you just need a light that's more powerful than this active darkness? Are you talking about love? Uh, like, no, I'm not. Oh. 
but like I, if you wanted if you wanted to kiss someone, like you still can, like that. It would. It's just like, not going to be helpful to the current situation. Right, like, is it what might you're not saying. be helpful, but like you can you can do it. You can you can have your seven minutes in heaven. Well, I'll do that over here with somebody okay. that won't be named while you deal with this active darkness okay. thing. All right, uh, listeners, cast your votes. Who is uh, <laughs> Nav having seven minutes in heaven with? <clears throat> this is seven. audience participation right now, right here. Seven minutes for later, Bella darkness. solves the darkness problem. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think that uh, Bella would try to... Um, channel her uh her uh what's the fucking <clears throat> her heartbeat there you go that's the word for some reason words were escaping me today uh she 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 would try to like channel her heartbeat and and um see if that weird unnatural overpowering glow that usually emanates from her um is at all any better than uh most other kinds of lights uh, in illuminating the darkness, because she has the idea that if it's like a very active darkness, then it's not one you can simply displace by light. It's one that you have to like. It's one you have to like push back or like actively push back. Punch in the damn so eye. The idea here is that instead of just creating light to emanate out from us, uh, she's more creating a bubble of like a stronger musical light that is act mm -hmm. actually like. Kind of like if you were like in like a bubble like underwater, like the darkness still like is kind of like around us, but like we're creating like a pocket of light that's kind of displacing um, the active darkness. Then it All right. So yes, uh, Bella searches back through her her catalog of both spells and songs, and who can really tell the difference with her? And uh, but you find that not only is this success coming from your ingenuity. Uh, the, the heart you found, uh, back when we, we met Coloratura in the campaign, it just gives you that extra bit of strength, that, that legitimacy of the ancient elven magics that, uh, they, they, the poets say it's when the moon was young, but maybe, maybe that's more true than they thought. Right. Hmm. Uh, coming through the cavern, uh, but that, that, of course, does reveal what you were looking for, a passage downward below the surface. Now, Bella, what sort of challenge does the interior of the moon first reveal to you? There's, like, that, that, that looming feeling of, like, something being, like, imminent, like, just around the corner. But, like, it's really prolonged. Like, like we're, we're, we're turning all these corners and, and going deeper, but, like, it's never there. But, like, the feeling is still there because there's something just around the corner. And so there's, like, this, like, constant, like, looming, like, it, it's almost more than a feeling um, that we could just close our eyes and look away. Uh, no, it's more that, like, it's it's more than just, like, the idea that something is around the corner. It's almost as if something is just around the corner, but but constantly. And it feels like we're not, like, getting, like... It feels like it's impossible to find out what it is because it's just out of reach, but it's there, and it's very, like, oppressive feeling. Mint. There is a constant sense of, of infectious dread. Constant. Well, that's not surprising. I mean, <laughs> eight of my closest friends died here. 
and it was maybe maybe it was my fault. I mean, like I didn't directly kill them, but I can't really prove that I had nothing to do with it. So, you know, I just sort of have to live the rest of my life not knowing how much or how little I contributed to their brutal and violent deaths here on the moon where we are. So there's this constant sense of dread you were saying? I th what okay, I'm getting yeah. from this so far is that we don't overcome this sense of dread. Okay. I, <laughs> well, hold hold on. I gotta, you said, I you said, think. Hold on. What if okay. Mint Did, is the are, we, are we dialing it back? What yeah. if, what if I'm the sense of dread that. and that's why we can't get away from it? Yeah, like yeah. Mint is the because source of the dread, it seems. I'm, I'm feeling it too, too much. That it's becoming, like, actual and tangible. Is there something that's... about the moon that feeds off of that? Like, does the I moon, mean... like, actually physically draw... Dread might He's... be nearby, as in, like, the physical manifestation of the concept of dread attracted yeah. to us by my feelings. Yeah. That's all, yeah, that's also... That is so, literally as logical as anything else on the moon. Yeah. Perhaps more so. So, Scarlet, if you can loc if you can pinpoint its location, we can try and do something about it. I don't think... I don't know if I can... This is something I can physically attack. Well, I, we just need to... First, we just need to know where it is. Right now, not... But, like, I... I I don't know where exactly it is other than nearby. You see, my thinking is what if the way to overcome it is to literally overcome these feelings? To not. so that it does not. is not drawn to us anymore. Okay. So are you saying. So, so does Scarlet give Mint a big ol' hug and reassure him that it's going to be okay? Yes. All right. This is, and I think this is where Scarlet would uh, remind Mint that even though I think everyone here has lost somebody, uh, we still have something that's worth fighting for, which is all the people that we've met and befriended and left behind to go on this mission. I have to keep going for them. For them. Mission's not over yet. For so, them. so with that that sense of determination, Scarlet, having uh, made herself a true family out of these people, recognizes that what they're feeling, it's just got that sort of mint, it's got that minty flavor, and, and is able to recognize that that her dear friend, Mr. Gelato, requires a, a little bit of help right now, and with that, uh, the 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 grip on all of your hearts is broken. Ah, it's a good thing Mara didn't go now. She probably just would have whacked me in the back of the head told me to get over it. <laughs> so, some so, dirt in it, kid. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Scarlet, as you're sure that while you're all able to face the dangers more level-headed, you know that they are still just as present as they were a minute ago. Speaking of, what is one you see? It could be that around this time we catch our first glimpse of actual life on the moon. Perhaps something in the shadows created by these giant uh, uh, boulders that are dotting the landscape. Or the, or I guess we're in a cave, aren't we? Um, but we, could, we can now physically 
in the corner of our eyes catch something following us. Is what I think. Okay. Alright, that brings us to... Let me check my order. Pretty sure, yes. Mint, you're being followed. Everyone has a sense of being followed. And now you've even uh, seen skitterings out of... That is whenever you turn your head. What do okay. you do? Alright, first of all, remind everyone. Don't like... Okay. Watch for the skitterings. Don't get too worried. Because that will only get the attention of things more dangerous than the thing currently skittering there. You have to stay... Focused. So when I when I turn to look at the skittering, what happens? Uh, it continues to to skitter out of view. Uh, there is some dust going up from behind one of the uh, more moderately sized stalagmites. Okay. I try like quickly turning a few more times to sort of try and watch out of the corner of my eye how it runs. It does not run as quickly as as your gaze can move. You uh, are getting clearer looks at it, especially since you have, what, seven pairs of eyes? You are a party, after all. Well, if we all get in a circle and look outwards, and upwards and downwards, I guess we, we need to cover all our angles here. If we do that, then- it's definitely appearing behind us. I'm just saying. Right, but there's no longer a behind us. If it's the hide behind, then there's no longer behind for it to what hide. What if it just appeared in like the perfect blind spot right in the center of our circle? Right, so we do that, and then without even looking, I throw an uppercut. Okay, I like this plan better now that the uppercut <laughs> right, has yeah. been said. Everybody ready? Damn. I'm glad we've all been whispering so they couldn't possibly overhear us in this loud, echoey cavern. <laughs> you might even say perfectly echoey. Punch straight up, give it the business. Everybody ready? Everybody Always. pick a direction, shoulder to shoulder, to shoulder to shoulder to shoulder to in the shoulder, minis case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, Mint. I'm gonna count down from three. Get your flaming fist ready. Alright. Three, two, one! It's in lighter fluid. Yeah. I would... <laughs> and with that, you, you see uh, a shape with uh, six pairs of silver eyes, uh, the, the whole body is sort of a, an upside-down triangle that, that peters off to a point rather than feet, and it uh, disappears as quickly as uh, you see it. However, you get the feeling that you're not being watched. I think we got it. Let's okay. book it through these tunnels before more show up. All right, Mint, as you continue downward, there are things that are vaguely uh, uh, familiar, but there's something here, something that is very much the opposite of how you remember it being. What is that, and how is it dangerous? How is it dangerous? Well, I mean, what I did recognize, what was familiar, was actually, um, it's sort of hard to see if you're not looking at it straight on, but actually if you look at the wall right here, you can see where we Hello? sort of sc- scratched some signs into the wall. So this one says, let's see, uh, 20 paces 
forward, um, floor, not truth. Um, and that's, you know, usually we, 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 if we moked it with something like that, that would mean, you know, the, the, it's, it's some kind of illusion or, you know, there's a, there's a panel there that just will fall away, but actually looking about 20 paces up, um, it just looks like a big, uh, whirling pile of saw blades there. That's, that, that's. That's not what That's we significantly less that. subtle than the message we're indicating. <laughs> yeah. This All is, right. This is pretty overt. All right, many. Uh, there is a cryptic message and a whirling floor of saw blades. How do you uh, uh, overcome this challenge as the crew uh, gets deeper, deeper underneath the moon? This was literally the first challenge we solved when we joined the group. <laughs> Hey, um, that's, that's <laughs> how it goes sometimes. Well, this time, though, we can't solve it the same way because it would tear into our suit, or in this case, the tiny dwarf-sized hamster ball that uh, the many is now inside of. They've been very hunched over. You made your choice. We did make our choice. We are living with it. I'm going to punt the many over the saw blades. That might work, actually. I don't. I there isn't any world in which it couldn't possibly work. Yeah. So the many is, I guess, punted over the saw blades. And what's on the other side here? Is there uh, an off well, switch? Probably. You're not. the one overcoming this challenge for the group. That's true. So you tell That's me true. how you do so. Okay. I, I think your hamster ball definitely totally gets shredded to pieces, and you're just fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like this idea. I'm not so, that strong of a punter. You have no. infinite weight. <laughs> At least somewhere close. So, uh, once the once our suit is thoroughly destroyed, we uh, well, we solve it the old-fashioned way. We're going to catch as many saw blades with as many limbs as possible. Probably destroy a couple with purple worm teeth. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, hold them the, in place for everyone to get through. So the, the many has uh, turned themselves into a, a bridge for everyone to climb across. Uh, the, the shredded hamster ball, does it fall about them basically like the cloak did before, only of this space age material? <laughs> it's just, no, I'm thinking just like only a part of it is even left. So okay. he's just wearing... They're just wearing their regular robes underneath it, except they have, like, a triangle of hamster wheel around their head. Hamster That's, wheel, huh? That's just hamster lovely. Ball. No, That's hamster adorable. wheel. Yeah. We're sticking with that now. Yeah. All right. So those are just some of the, the strange features that we might expect to see on a moon such as this. Uh, but again, see, uh, speaking of... Uh, things from Mint's memory. Uh, there's one uh, uh, cavern you find that is bathed in starlight. Uh, the the entrance is, seems a bit ruined. There's rubble here that you haven't seen since you were back on the surface. And there's a pretty large spherical, well, a round uh, skylight letting all, all this starlight in. Oh, well, this is much nicer than the 
Dread Cavern. Look, everybody, it's the sky. Well, up above it is the, is the sky, but embedded into the ground, there is uh, a large silver sphere. Oh, I should have looked down first. Hey, hey, Mint, I think we found the landing site for Project Silver Arrow. This... No, there, there's absolutely no think or question about it. This is definitely... Let's see. Dust it off. Dust it off. This is yep. This is um, orbital propulsion pod three, um, which means that the others. Well, at this point, I can't say how far away they are. But there's no. This. This. I recognize this work. This. Mm-hmm. This is where. I've been here before. Well, I've been in and here before. The moon moves around a lot. Okay, so uh, it's obviously abandoned and weathered. There are no signs of uh, anyone having moved in here. Uh, You do find uh, the body of one of your uh, uh, Silver Arrow crewmates uh, who died on impact. It it was a rougher landing than you had earlier today, to be sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know? Do you know who that was, or do you want me to? Well, actually, um, the it looks like they died on impact, um, but actually, um, they that was that was Stanza was the first to leave the craft, um, and almost immediately after leaving, um, you know, one of the one of the bouncing rocks. Uh, collided with him and that you know that you know roughed him up a bit uh, but unfortunately it severely damaged his suit and uh, he he basically froze to death within seconds so the the impact crater you see is from from a rock ah uh, but okay not from not from him landing uh there's another one uh, who seems to just be missing a head. Yep, that would be... Um, oh, God. Who lost their head near the ship? No, no one did. We brought her body back. That's right. That's Paraxia. And uh, another point of interest you see there is a... Um, well, two things. There is a housing, uh, uh, sort of like a shadow box almost, built into the wall uh, with like very plush velour and uh, it was well lit. Like something of importance was supposed to be there. Uh, it's about a foot square, so if that's where the heart of the moon was supposed to go, you've clearly got cargo space. Uh, also, there is an emergency hatch with a big red lever, or, or a big red handle that got pulled, and uh, the top of this capsule is missing. There are arrows pointing to where the top used to be, saying escape pod, or, or escape system. Yeah, that looks pretty familiar. Looks pretty familiar. <laughs> you know, I thought I had read the manual front to back a couple times, but I guess I must have missed the chapter about the escape system. Oh, is that uh, not how you escaped? No, I mean it is. Oh, okay. I just, I just, you know, wasn't expecting, you know, after pulling the lever to simply be, you know, flung back to the surface. I thought there would be like a, you know, a 
a craft or a support system. And it's like, no, just, you know, pure impact propulsion. Basically the like same hell. thing that happened with our halfling friend, except the other direction. And something like that. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, is that skeleton still hanging out with you? Probably. He looks very jealous that you survived your impact. Very, very jealous. I mean, things have turned out well for him. Kind of. Kind of. He's in thrall to the Lich King. It's it's all good. <laughs> it's fine. Alright, so, uh, what do you all do? You've all found uh, what Mint was up to before he met any of you. I take a picture. It'll last longer. I invented right. a camera, by the way. <laughs> I was about to say. It's an orb in a box with one side cut out so I can like lift it and then close it again real quick. Got it. What's everybody else going to do? Uh, Min was the last survivor of his expedition, right? Everyone else was dead by the time he left. Yes. I think so. So it's not worth looking around for like any like the journals written like in their final moments or anything that might provide useful information. I mean, we do have our, you know, research notes and, and logbooks. Um, yeah, do you want to well, look at I all... say we, I mean, they've got to be around somewhere unless they've been destroyed. That'll still well, have decent info in it. Who's well, a good Margaret searcher? quietly doubts the competence Me. of the expedition. He, she uh, decides to look for the notes. Search them. I'll assist in searching the notes. Okay, give me an intelligence-based check, background, viewer choice. Uh, for anyone who wants probably. to look up in uh, useful information. And don't I, just go through their personal journals. Come on, we have the the official, you know, science log. But Rosemarinus uh, had that. Speaking of Rosemarinus, uh, that science log is exactly what. Right. Well, I should say the remains of that science log is what uh, Scarlet finds. Uh, there are notes scrawled in the side about how Rosemarinus was. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to put together context. Again, most of this log was uh, destroyed by the, the moon elements and time. But there's stuff about uh, continuing on Incredible for honor's sake. Uh, stuff about... Oh my goodness, somebody rolled a natural 20. That was me. Hachimachi. We will get to that in a second. Everybody uh, else is sifting through these giant piles and Margaret's just like, hey, this one was right on top. <laughs> there's this folder that says the moon secret. <laughs> uh, Scarlet uh, finds uh, references to Rosemarinus doing things for honor, uh, for glory, and also uh, for mouthfeel. And the strange thing is all of these are um, capitalized, whereas... Uh, I don't know, that just jumps out. When, I mean, she, she, she's seen... Uh, Elves write, especially uh, scientific ones. They they live in her new house, Equinox, all over the place. She she knows they have better uh, grammar than to capitalize random nouns uh, as if they're proper nouns, like you know old timey seventeen hundreds people did. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, the natural twenty elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, what, what was the the name of the highest ranking person on the shipment? Uh, that would have been, um, actually there, there were, you know, two, uh, commanders. There would be Brule Alto and Dundria. 
Okay. Uh, there are... T- uh, Margaret finds both of their uh, logs. Uh, they are most interesting in that they don't agree at all. There are... Uh, Brule Alto seems to believe the entire mission was a waste. Uh, that what they were coming here to recover... Uh, it was impossible. It wasn't even here. It has no idea what's going on or where it was. Uh, Dundrias, however, goes on a few days later, uh, mentions some stuff about uh, it's very hard to keep uh, these secrets from their friends. And uh, in between uh, records of, uh, you know, people being lost day by day, there's one that's just uh, mission accomplished and a, an alphanumeric code that doesn't really s- say much to her. I'm seeing two possible explanations for this. The first is that this is just, that this, this is because the first is that since this was an elven expedition, they're just incompetent. You know, as would seem obvious. And the second one is that maybe the the upper command staff were trying to keep something from the rest of the crew, some sort of secret secret mission. Hmm. I'll go to ask. I'll go ask Mind about this. When, when all of your elf friends uh, give you a side eye for for suggesting option one, you do find it more likely that uh, option two, Dundria having secret orders and there there being a cover up in play, even from other members of the expedition, seems a bit more likely. I was assuming that the first uh, commander he knew, but he wasn't like writing it down for whatever reason. Like he would have been uh, trying to keep a smokescreen, but that could not be the case. Or that. Let's see if Mint knows anything. Welcome to Act 1 of the Moon thing. I'm not uh, uh, confirming anything. I mean, it feels very much like the Elf Queen to have a secret operation where one person on it has an even further secret operation. That's just how mm. you keep things safe. Double secret mission. I mean, the Elf Queen, in my experience, is all about double secrets. So. Yeah. I mean, well, she might, might even be operating be on like a secret. triple or quadruple secret level at this point. Yeah. I, I know I'm so many sure things this... about the Elf Queen, let me tell you. But not right now, for the sake of brevity. But later, yeah. when we're not on the moon... Well, actually, is, maybe she can't hear us on the moon, so this is the best, actually the best place to talk about the Elf Queen. And we just Queen. hear the Elf Queen's booming voice just telling us that she can still hear us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. That would be really suspicious, actually. So does that happen? If so, that's pretty suspicious. Uh, well, th- that innate sense of elfness, all the elves still feel it. There is no such thing as uh, range from the, the ever-watchful eye of the queen. Well, great. I mean, there might be a communicator on the ship, too, so... Oh, anyway, was... that's actually a pretty good question. If there is, we could figure out who's still in contact with this ended mission. I'm going to show these journals to Mint. See what he makes of them. Huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pool Alto and Dundria definitely argued a lot. Uh, so it's not too surprising that their their logs don't agree. Um, this, this alphanumeric code. No, but like, Dundria, Dundria was, you know, with us until pretty close pretty close to the end when we were trying to to retrieve the heart right because that was that was the mission that i snuck aboard for and wasn't technically supposed to be part of um so 
I mean, if if we had if Dundria had found the Heart of the Moon, then I mean, I guess I didn't see her die. I just sort of, you know, was operating under that assumption due to, you know, as, explosions and other things. And the fact Minch, that she hasn't come back yet. She might be alive somewhere down there? I mean, As, I, as Margaret says that, uh, Mint is reminded of yet another cool 13th Age moon fact. There are bees on the moon. Bees are here. They hate us. Uh-oh. Bees are here and they hate you. This is really sudden. Um, I don't really know how to fight bees. You can't really shoot them with arrows. Run. Everybody run. We have to get out of here. If the bees want this area, we, they, everybody they stick it. your favorite folder into your spacesuit and run from the bees. We could try to take shelter in the abandoned like, like craft. It's still airtight. Is it still airtight? Look at it. I so, think the escape no, pod lost, a, so no. These, the, the escape hatch pops. Uh, it's not airtight. Let's run big rocks have fallen on it it is not airtight okay as uh as many many limbs most of them from the many uh just spin scooby-doo style and you rush down uh from cavern to cavern you've got to try the communicator the bees have the communicator now no one it's hard to it would take some effort but you would eventually be able to work your way back however you find yourself in a very interesting chamber oh Hmm. Okay, some of you know what is in this chamber. Who would like to tell the group? I uh, I certainly know what I see, and I, what I see is a whole bunch of mannequins that look exactly like mint. Are you sure that's what's in this room? Absolutely, that's real. Well, it's, it's just you must be you must be under the influence of the moon magic. There's nothing in here. It's empty. No, it's 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 that chair I've been that that I saw myself die in. That I've I walk over and pick up a mannequin and throw it at Margaret. Uh, Margaret <laughs> Margaret is completely unfazed by this strange gesture that Nav has, has done. Okay, I get it. They're lightweight. It just crumbled against you. Yeah, while Nav sees a, a chair just break over uh, Margaret's face and she, she flinches and looks at you furiously. Yeah, um, see? Mannequins. Am I just seeing everybody... Are- Gesturing How? This room is really They're exactly the same. These chairs are all exactly the same. Probably don't sit in any. No, no, of course not. But just you two are being ridiculous. Someone else is collecting the chair. I thought I had the chair collection, but I guess someone else is is king chair collector. What? What do I see in this room? Well, the many is keeping watch for bees. Mint, what would you do if you were in a room full of mannequins that looked exactly like me? Well, first I'd make sure that they... I'd, I'd, I'd want to know how realistic they were. How much do they look exactly like you? Okay, come here. I need you to stand next to one. Just trust me on this. Okay, okay. I can stand next to this chair. Ben stands next to this very familiar chair, yes. Great, yeah. he's standing right next to that mannequin. Now I can examine them in detail. How how uh, how close, how similar are they? Uh, well, uh, Nav, the mannequin, it's, uh, it's clearly is a mannequin. It's not like a a clone or a duplicate. It it is made of artificial materials. However, it is sculpted in a way that, uh, really gets the, the mintness of mint. You know, it's the way, like, think of a really good adaptation of, like, I don't know, a, a painting into a song. 
that just still really gets the point. That's the way that this mannequin captures Mint. Meanwhile, Mint, you're standing next to a chair and you're kind of just uh, amusing your friend and Margaret is pretty sure that you're both pulling her leg. Yes, you know, it's not wouldn't be the first time. I have plenty of legs to choose from to pull when I know my Margaret's. <laughs> I- so, so meanwhile, yeah, Scarlet, what do you see? Um, I'm not sure. Am I detecting any magic in this in this room? Well, I mean, you're here. Hi. Belle is here. Uh, Margaret sneezed the... yesterday, so mm. <laughs> I would think that on the moon, like magic magic detection would be kind of off the off the scale. Like you wouldn't really be able to get a clear impression. Does it be like like night vision? Depends on how you define daytime? magic. Yeah, the the moon is kind of a Faraday cage of magic. It's everywhere and nowhere. Uh, I'm just not sure, like do. I'm just wondering. I don't think I want right. to take all these chairs. If I look around the room, do I just see Mint and Nav acting weird? So, uh, I mean, you see you, that most times. You tell me yeah. what you think. Hey, the many. What what do you see in here, Bella? What do you see? Uh, the many sees a complete lack of beehives, which is all that they are looking for right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are very happy with this completely empty and featureless chamber. Their vision is on the beehive filter. Oh, so the, so the many has been convinced by Margaret. That's interesting. She seems to see truth. Even I'm your commanding of officer, you know. Wait, what are the mannequins wearing? What are the mannequins wearing? I was going to ask this before you rudely interrupted me with well, what these other fuckers think, which well, is completely Mint, you, you, you look at the supposed mannequins, and they're wearing uh, the same crushed velvet upholstery that all the other chairs you've seen have been wearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean but, like, at this point, I've established that, like... Oh, that Nav is things are, uh, Things are different. Okay. Things are... Yeah, I... Because... I, 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 Let's not throw around nasty words like hallucinating. If I can convince him of some difference, I can help him, like, stop seeing fake stuff. Hey. You'll find an inconsistency, right? I have a good thing That's that we can look for emotions. in this room. You know what it is? Waldo, is where it? is he? An exit. <laughs> I think that's something we can all agree on regardless I of what we're saying. I, I want to take one chair. Don't take a chair. Just just one. Put down the mannequin chair. Look, I... Look, Margaret doesn't see anything. I see mannequins. But there are chairs. The many is willing to trust all of you. They only have one eye, so they're Margaret used to missing things. Margaret tries to walk through the area where all the chairs and mannequins are supposed to be while sort of just waving her arms in the air. Try to make a point. Oh, you're right. knocking them all over. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Come on, don't make a mess. What are the mannequins There's made of, though? Here. Uh, they're they're wood. Uh, some of the, the the hair is made of like a molded vinyl, but it's all carved wood and and metal joints. Wooden cloth. Basically, okay. yeah. Are they all wearing the same outfit? They are. They are identical. I mean, obviously, all the chairs have been identical. I'm. I pull out a magnifying glass and examine the stitching. Uh, identical. Identical stitching. Okay, what region of the Empire is this stitching most common in? <laughs> should I make a check? By the Queen's yes. Woods. <laughs> yes, you should. Okay, so that's a plus six, and I'm going to use my non-Lich King background because the, the Lich King part of me is not enjoying this. And add my level, and... Okay, 25. Examine that stitching. Uh, you know, it's not elven work. Uh, probably some... It, it 
It just seems to be functional, not really of a, a particular form. It speaks to you of either uh, low imperial folk art or, or just people trying to get a job done. I see. Well, as long as it doesn't look like my stitching. Uh, it, it does not. Okay, that's good. That would be creepy. Now that would be creepy, and am I right, Mint? Oh, let's leave. I'm scared. Oh, wait, what's that? It totally is. Oh, fuck off. I pushed the mannequin <laughs> over. We're leaving. <sighs> I'll take a different chair, okay. <laughs> Just leave the chairs for now, okay? I don't think we should take anything out of the room. I feel like that would make a... That would, assuming a, you, there is any bearing to what you're saying, it might make it more real, and that might be bad. I don't think we should indulge the moon. We can carry that chair okay, for you. Okay, now this is important, the three of you. Is this room completely empty other than us? Oh, now I'm seeing some chairs and some mannequins. Wait, what? Oh, hmm. wow. The, the menu has a... achieved synthesis. I had a... This reminds me of oh. some magic experiment I read about once where someone stuffed a cat inside a really hot box. Can I try closing and opening my three eyes in different combinations and see what I see? Uh, mannequins, 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 mannequins. That's all combinations. Thank you. That didn't help at all. Uh, I had a, Are I the had bees a... following us in here? You you lost the bees. Okay. We lost the bees. Uh, what if Scarlet is seeing uh, those clones that they saw of her from the cream factory? Oh, wow. That's a complete... What did you bring into this room? My goodness. That's pretty I fucked don't... up. It seems like... Because it seems like everybody's seeing like things that are on their mind. Or like in the back. Oh, so so we know who uh, who you think Nav was having seven minutes in heaven with. Yeah, I see what? Scarlet. I get it. It was me, Rip Smolderbolder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tough guy. Rip, do you hey, see chairs or mannequins this in this chair. room? Help me with this chair. It's a mannequin. Guy. It's a mannequin, Rip. There's nothing in this room. I'm telling you not to indulge in magic. Is, are they blue or are they gold? You're mm -hmm. not really seeing that, Rip. You're just trying to appease everybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, but tough guy, Fuyo, help me with this chair. Help me with the mannequins. Right. Actually, okay. what no, am I doing? Help me thing. find an exit. Okay. Well, we could go back the way we came, but there might be bees. Don't anything they're seeing. Just leave it all where it is. Were there I'm other worried about there. not okay. taking a chair. Were there other tunnels okay. on the way here? Okay. I, okay. Welcome the back context. to Seven Adventurers in Search of an Exit, my favorite uh, theater <laughs> podcast. Okay, so from the Rip context clues... From the context clues of these conversations, uh, I've deduced that what I'm seeing isn't real, and that everybody's seeing something different. So I'm going to ignore what try to ignore what I'm seeing and search the walls for an obvious uh, doorway or a button or something. But then you're just going to want to find an exit, and you're going to find one because that's what you're wanting to find. But then I won't be able to exit because it won't be a real exit. Just ignore everything that you see. But you'll think you've exited, and, and then you'll be separated from us. All right, can I get a quick show of hands? Every character who's confused by what's been happening in this room. Hello. Hello. Is perfectly Hi. Hi. Margaret right. is very, very straightforward. Everybody who is confused, please roll me a d20. All right, boss. 17. 8, 19. 1. <laughs> Rip is very confused. We got 17, right. 18, 19, 1. Rip suddenly realizes he's not You're even all hysterical. Everybody... This is going to be fun. All right. Everybody who rolled below their character's uh, uh, intelligence score. That would be me. <laughs> uh, gains one insanity point. Below? Oh, no. 
Yeah. Okay, then I'm good. Mine is 18 and I rolled a 19. Eat shit, mannequins. I push another <laughs> one over. My intelligence is above 20. I can't possibly <laughs> win this. Good. That'll make this more exciting. So I'm basically fucked on the moon is what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> it's dangerous. I told look. Look. So now, now we got we... you. I told you all. I told you about the moon. I warned you about the moon. Yeah, I'm being with you. Being on the moon kind of sucks. So now we know that the longer you are on the moon, basically the ticking timer is Scarlet going mad. Unless Everybody, you're really stupid, but especially Scarlet. Sucks. Does anyone have any, you know, whiskey? Just something to numb Scarlet's mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, back left pocket on my backpack. (laughs) Set sail for drinking island. Who's the mayor? Oh, by (laughs) the way, Rip. Me! We traded spacesuits, so you're wearing a suit with like 8 million limbs. Nice. Wait, how did you get in mine? You're like three Um, times taller than me. Because your suit was a hamster ball, but I couldn't actually fit in my suit properly, so we traded. Oh, okay. Wait, I want the hamster ball. Uh, it's broken. Oh! Yeah, he, I destroyed it. He ruined your suit. My suit. Can we leave this room now that Scarlet's going crazy? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, as you all try to resolve things that are impossible to know, uh, and and stretching your puny mortal and in some cases less mortal minds, uh, you you find yourself. Uh, some uh, uh, that same figure that that punched that was punched by Mint appears uh, rubbing its jaw. That thing looks like ketchup tastes. What? <laughs> what yeah, that? that sounds right. Oh, okay. Why did you do that? Don't you like me? Don't talk to it. Just ignore everything. You're a chair. Chairs don't talk. I'm not a chair, you're holding a chair. I'm over here. You punched me. I punched you? You I was trying to say hello because I thought you liked me. Oh, you were you were sneaking up on us. Yeah, I mean You should have said hello rather than sneaking. Oh, I'm sorry, it just happens sometimes I just get all over people's shirts. My name's Ketchup. Oh, okay. Oh. That's Pleasure to meet you. I'm sure you're. We're. I'm very familiar with your work. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yeah, I've heard about you. That's great. That's great. Are you? Oh, I recognize you. I see you around here all the time, and you brought friends. That's great. That's great. That's great. Are you here to help? We're certainly helping someone. <laughs> I'm here for some personal business. I mean, yeah, it's the most important business there is, after all. And someone's gotta. Well, I'm, I'm glad you'll be able to help us in the war. Um, you know what? You're going to have to... Hey, look over there. Huh? <laughs> and then we skedaddle. Yeah, let's get out of here. Oh, now I'm going to have to catch up. It says. Ah! Rip dies. <laughs> I knew it. I knew someone would die on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you're on the right track because you find yet another, uh, well, like, member of the Silver Arrow crew. Oh. 
is is this Aster? Who is this, Mint? Who did you, uh, according to their name tag on on the suit? If it's if it's Aster, then she probably has something important. Because because when that when things got bad, she she had managed to recover something. Ah, Aster definitely has uh, recovered something. You see, it's actually a part of your original hazard suit. Uh, one of the pieces that uh, you thought might have been torn away in re-entry seems to have been torn away by Aster. Huh. Aster... Uh, I assume she's quite I, dead. Oh, she's quite dead. Oh, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say hello. I still can, but she yeah, so says nothing in return. Yeah, a little one-sided. What, um, Mint? I don't know if this is the right time or not. But how did you leave the first time exactly? Escape le- lever. Yeah. Es- yeah. I mean, do you want to like, talk to Aster? What did I even say to her? What, what happened to Jess? What the many? What is an apology? A feeling of regret solidified and shared. Damn, they got you there. To this regret and sharing that regret. I don't think that's enough for an apology. An apology has to be a promise to change things. A meaningful apology, yes, that would be true. We agree with your additional definition. I don't know if I can if I can do that for her. Maybe it'd be best to simply let her rest. Let me see that bit of my hazard suit. I just I'm just gonna bend down and look at it. Uh it's from it the back, like, it, it would have been part of the hazard suit between your shoulder blades. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember, but I just, I just don't. Was so uh, she trying to maybe escape with you? No, yeah, you, you, you get a sense of someone trying to keep you from escaping, uh, and then pulling away so hard, just holding, that you, you, you felt a tear, holding on. To- why would why wouldn't she want me to get out of there? Everyone who stayed there died. Why didn't she just try to come with me? Maybe no, that that must have been why she she probably grabbed onto me so that we we would both fit in the emergency escape lever system. Or maybe or eels for short. Or <laughs> Maybe she had reason to believe that your escape wouldn't wasn't safe and was trying to save you from potentially. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe she knew something was she or she thought something was wrong with it. And that's why that maybe that would she, make a lot more sense. Maybe she thought you caught the moonpox and when you bring it back to the planet. Moonpox, interesting. <laughs> ah, the pox. Actually, that's a good question. Is the many experiencing any adverse effects for being without a suit for an hour now? No, the many's just fine. Oh, good. Uh, no, we had nothing to fear. 
Is that anyone else noticing anything wrong with him? The the many, uh, you seem to notice uh, those parts of you which are elf. uh, The the environment would reasonably support elf life, and and therefore all other sorts of humanoids. Okay. Your your needs aren't that different. I mean, you you get along just fine together down on the surface. So an elf could live on the moon without a suit. I mean, practically, no. Theoretically. I mean, as long as you didn't go on the... The the big problem, and this is the big thing that we were sort of accounting for with the hazard suit, is uh, is temperature variations, which are, you know, pretty extreme on the surface, but as you go deeper, actually the temperature becomes more and more regular. So, so yeah, you know, as, as you... As we get further in, the suit becomes kind of less and less necessary, assuming that you, you know, never intend to go to the surface again. Also, it's not safe to use the many as yardstick because we are very dead and have been for a long time. I'm not taking off my suit. I would suggest staying in your suit unless you have a really good reason to not be in your suit. But, you know, don't... I don't know. What do you do? Keep finding all these dead people I used to know. Do you want me to bring her with us? To what end? Perhaps returning to uh, the Elf Kingdom? Should we do that? Should we try and just just round up whoever we can, get them back home? Yeah, that seems fair. You you hear a voice saying, yeah, I guess that'd be nice. Uh, Why are you repeating yourself, man? You you look up and you see a uh, blue cat-like creature with spider legs. Uh, and it says, oh, nice to meet you. My name's Mint Gelato. 